I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> You're in the ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Han with you on this Friday evening. It's the Sick Podcast. A um, little bit not under the weather, but if you see me wincing in the middle of the show, it's because I woke up this morning and uh, maybe I slept funny but pulled a muscle in my neck and it hasn't gotten any better uh, all day. It's in my shoulder slash neck area. So uh, if you see a wince, uh, that's what's going on. Anyways, uh, let's get down to business. Uh, the Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. They've been named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023 and have been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. And uh, we're brought to you, of course, by Playground as well. Experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash games tables. A bad beat jackpot that is already over 700000 after the world record-setting amount of $2,590,000 was won on August 2nd. Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes away from downtown Montreal playground also brought to you by finally brewed in quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards that bit the tv offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste la bit at tv embrace your true nature okay so uh the canadians last night as uh, you know you watched last night tony had uh, maxime lapierre on after the uh, 5-1 drumming that the uh panthers laid on them well Tough to call it a drumming, really, even though the scoreline suggested it was that way. Um, We're going to get to that uh, because it involves a goalie, but not the goalie in the news this morning because Samuel Montembeau had signed a three-year contract extension worth an average of $3.15 million. Let's talk about uh, all these exciting things and more with the Montreal Gazette's Stu Cowan. Stu, how are we doing? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, you're getting old, though, my friend, when you hurt yourself sleeping. <laughs> oh man, like I, it's like my my girlfriend texts me. She goes, uh, she goes, what? Did you hurt yourself at the gym? I go, I didn't go to the gym today or yesterday. 
Uh, so I don't know what this could be, but uh, yeah, we took an Advil and uh, still not helping. So we're in good shape. An after effect of going from the gym a couple of days ago, that could be. Yeah, ho hopefully, hopefully, because that means I that means I at least injured myself doing something go. strenuous. Yeah. Um. So Samuel Montebo uh, signs a three-year contract, three point one five, uh, average per year. Do we know how how long this has been in the works for? It's been for a while. I know I spoke with uh, Montembeau early November and I asked about the contract situation and he said he wasn't really thinking about it too much. He said uh, he, he believed at the time his agent and Hughes had started talking uh, already, but he basically said he was just trying to play as well as he could and as consistent as he could and things would work out, but he wasn't really bothered about it. So I'd say it's at least a month uh, they've been talking and uh, it's sort of uh, interesting that the contract gets signed the night after Caden Primo gets lit up and gets beat five times to the glove hand side, which I can't remember the last time I've seen an NHL goalie get beat five times in the same spot in one game. It's not good. Um, so it's been in work for a while. Maybe that rushed it a little bit, getting it done. Today was a scheduled day off for the Canadians. Nobody really expected them anything much to happen. Uh, and now we find out like what's what happens next. Do they keep going with this three-goalie system, which is – like it's not good for anyone. It's not good for any of the goalies. And Marty St. Louis getting frustrated with it last night. Uh, after the game last night, I asked him, you know, the last six games, they basically rotated like a pitching rotation. Mm -hmm. And I said, is that going to continue? And he says, I don't know. Like, so he's not making the call on this, right? It's um, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton who are, don't want to lose one of their goalies without getting something back in return. But, you know, Nothing. I like Caden Primo. He's a nice kid, but he just he doesn't look like he's an NHL goalie. I mean, last night was another example uh, for his career. He's what five fifteen and two now with a four point zero two goals against average and an eight seventy five save percentage. Save percentage this season is eight eighty six, and you look Montembeau's nine ten and Jake Allen's nine oh three, playing behind the same team. So mm. maybe does he develop into an NHL goalie one day? Maybe. Um, but at this point, you know, Ken Hughes is worried that they're going to lose him on waivers if they put him down, obviously. But at this point, I'd send him down. Uh, if he clears waivers, great. He gets to go play a lot of games in Laval, uh, continue to develop. And if they lose him, well, they drafted three goalies at last year, this year's NHL draft. One of them can develop. Now they've got Montembeau signed for three years. They have Jake Allen signed for this year and next year. So they don't need to really rush what they're going to do as far as the goaltending situation moving forward, but the three, this three goalie situation just can't, they can't continue like this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, Samuel Montebo had a, has a nine ten on the season. Um, he actually has at five on five, this was pointed out by Arp Basu of the athletic in his, uh, article, uh, that he wrote after the extension at five on five this season, he's got a nine forty eight. Yeah. So that, it's pretty, it's pretty good. That's a pretty incredible uh, save percentage. So uh, glad to see him get the, uh, the contract extension because like I could play back in my head how many times we've talked about him and he's just, again, look, we always say it just an easy, easy guy to root for. He's a, he's been a soldier for this team for the better part of uh, three years now. And he's just, uh, he always works his tail off and he's a guy that, uh, you know, like a lot of uh, like a lot of players that uh, Montreal Canadiens fans appreciates uh, appreciate. He plays every game like it will be his last in the NHL. He might not always he might not always have the performance that it's like it's going to be his last, but he definitely will. As long as he's in that blue paint, he's battling even if uh, he let in you know five goals on uh, ten shots. Yeah, well, the thing I like about Monto, we've discussed this before, I think, is he's so calm, cool, and collected. Nothing bothers him. Nothing phases him, he, he, which is really important being a goalie in Montreal, uh, liked by his teammates. And, you know, looking forward, too, I mean, Jacob Jacob Fowler, goalie they drafted in the uh, third round this year, uh, with Boston College this season, he's got an 11-2-1 record with a 9-31 save percentage and a 1.98 goals against average. Um, you know, so there's hope. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of hope if you look at him. This is as a freshman, too playing NCAA hockey. Uh, when they drafted him, he's got a, he's a bit of a cocky kid. He played really well last season. Um, he seems to have that sort of uh, cockiness. Maybe it takes the play goal uh, in Montreal. And I think one of the things with, with um, Primo is just mentally, it, it, like it seems like the brighter, this bright spotlight, he just he, he can't, he wilts under it. And I, re I really felt bad for him last night because – 
I was a little late getting into the locker room. It was a couple of minutes after most of the mm-hmm. media last night. And when I walked in, there was a big scrum already around Nick Suzuki. And Primo was just sort of sitting by himself in the corner in his stall with a ball cap on and a towel over his face, waiting for the media scrum to head his way next. And he, mm-hmm. as a, it, it's not – the three-goalie situation isn't helping. He's not playing enough. Uh, uh, to really, you know, every time he gets put in there, he must feel like his career is on the line. Um, mm-hmm. In a perfect – scenario for the Canadians. He, he clears waivers, he goes down to Laval, and they play him just about every game down there. But I, I Kent Hughes obviously thinks somebody's going to claim him on waivers. I wonder. He's got a, a, a guaranteed one-way contract. He's going to make $1.1 million next year, whether he plays in the NHL or the AHL. He's 24, you know, goalies you know, known to develop later on, but I just it, I say they're not, they're not helping anyone by keeping three goalies at this point, including Marty St. Louis. And Marty St. Louis, is, it's, he's obviously getting frustrated with it. I mean, I don't think it was his decision to start uh, Caden Primo last night. I think he was told that he's got to, you know, they're trying to deal one of the three goalies and they want all three of them to be playing. You know, it, it's really tough to watch this unfold because like you said with Caden Primo, he's just not playing enough. And, you know, frankly, if he was to get claimed, it's not going to be – okay, so say tomorrow he gets put on waivers. It's not going to be in Edmonton that claims him because they'll be in the same situation that they're in exactly right now. That it's, They have an unproven guy that, uh, you know, you're kind of hoping uh, it's a prayer that he's going to take over in that. Maybe another team needs organizational depth at the position. And I think, you know, if it was a year, two, or three from now – they would have an easier time putting him on, uh, putting him on waivers because you know you got like you said you just drafted three goalies, but none of them are accessible to you right now. So maybe they're thinking in the back of their minds, like I'm trying to come up with some scenarios, like maybe thinking in the back of their minds, you know, um, if uh, you know we have this injury injury problem with our forwards and defensemen, what if it stri- what if it strikes the goalies because it hasn't struck them yet, but if it does. You know we're in trouble. That's the thing. I mean, if, if one of the three goalies, if they if they do lose Primo on waivers and either Montemore Allen gets hurt, which they have in the past, like who now who do you have? Mm-hmm. But you know, by signing Montemore for three years, that gives a little bit of a bridge there, uh, as far as Jacob Fowler or whoever another goalie might be that they hope to, to develop and, and, and come up. Um, and to me, like if Mont- I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Go on, Allen, you could almost just rotate the two of them, like what Boston does with their goalies. Rotate the both of them, but with three, like you can't, you know, if a goalie's going a full week without playing, they're not getting the reps they normally would get in practice because there's one extra goalie there and there's only two nets. Um, it, again, it's just, it's, I'm surprised it's lasted this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Ken Hughes, you know, he speaks to other GMs. He believes another team's going to claim Primo, but if they do, they do, and and for Primo's sake, you hope maybe it can help him the same way it helped Montembeau when he got claimed off waivers from Florida. But I just – I don't think it's going to work for Primo here in Montreal. I think the spotlight's just too bright. Um, and, he's you know, he's played well in the AHL, but he's really struggled every time he gets called up to the NHL. And I think mentally it's taken a toll on him. I mean, as I said, I, I felt really bad walking into the locker room and seeing him there. He's, he's a really nice, soft-spoken kid, and mentally it's got to be just killing him. I mean – you know, he knows he got beat five times to the glove side. You know, mm-hmm. he, he knew they were going to be shooting there, and he still couldn't stop it. it, it so, And the thing is, obviously, the, the Panthers' advanced scouts, or somebody tipped them off that that was a weak spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. if other teams didn't already know it was a weak spot, they do now. 
So like every game Primo plays from now on, you're going to see guys shooting high glove side constantly. And if it's, you know, there's a reason, there's reasons why he was a seventh round draft pick. Uh, there's mm. some in his game, and that's obviously a big hole in his game right now. Yeah, it, it, it's really, and just to put yourself uh, or put ourselves in his shoes, like the three goals that came in succession on that glove side, like very quickly, it's wow. Like to be in the mind of, of a goalie in that situation is just, you know, it's like you can't even blame him for that, letting that get to him. Because that's that's a tough that's a tough hill to climb yeah, for anyone mentally. The difference is that that's the stuff that doesn't get the Montembeau, and mm-hmm. that's a big difference. Montembeau, you know, remember that preseason game when he let in that brutal goal that took a wild bounce off the corner. He sort of laughed about it after the game, and said, you know, I just have to turn off my phone when I go home tonight. Yeah. You know, but he's sort of it's that. I mean, the mental part of playing goalie, especially in Montreal, is almost as important as the physical aspect of playing goalie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I remember Carey Price telling everybody to chill out when they were on him when he had a bad game in the preseason. There's so much pressure on a Canadian's goalie, and it takes a special kind of character to be able to handle that. And, and Jake Allen can handle it because he's such a veteran. He's been around a lot. He's experienced a lot of things. It doesn't bother him. Uh, it doesn't seem to bother Montembeau either. And for a guy from Quebec playing here for the Canadians, but it just, I mean, for, for Primo, you know, it, it just it just seems the spotlight just seems too bright for him here when when he gets in there. You know, I think you nailed uh, nailed the the nail on the head when uh, you said it's just he feels like he's playing for his NHL career because yeah. th- that that's probably a reality. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like anyone, you know, maybe a team will take a shot, claim him on waivers, but like you get claimed on waivers and then you don't perform again it's pretty much curtains. So yeah. he, he, he probably does feel like that. And it probably is uh, somewhat of a reality for him. I, I mean, but Hey, like, it's like you said, it just, it can't go on. It's um, it's a tough situation, but uh, we could be happy for Montembeau because he certainly has earned that money because he's just, uh, I mean, you know, like it's like whenever you need a, a calming presence, like you said, like nothing mm-hmm. gets to him. Whenever you need a calming presence, you know, it's just you know he's back there. It's obviously not to the degree you can't lean on him to the degree of a carry price, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I used to say, like, I remember when talking about the uh, the the, the twenty fifteen um, playoff series against the Rangers when Carey Price went down. Like the Canadians, yeah, Dustin Tokarski didn't play bad but you play you play differently when you have that type of goalie in front of uh in behind you rather than a carry price behind you you do and 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 with uh with with salmon want it takes the air out of a team sales when bad goals go in you know really Mm. it really does you don't you know the goalies you don't expect your goalie to stand on his head every night and be carry price but you expect your goalie to give you a chance to win and make the make Mm. the routine saves and, you know, you'll hear sometimes you analytics will say, well, his high danger saves are great. Okay, well, that probably means that he's letting in a lot of not dangerous shots. <laughs> you look at that two ways. You can spin that stat number two way. Uh, so it's – it's, but, but, again, I just think last night was just an example of I think Primo really felt the pressure, uh, especially at the Bell Center. Uh, they're in this three-goalie rotation there, and it's sort of like show me what you guys can do. Mm-hmm. And um, – you know, last night, you know, Caden Primo showed what he couldn't do, and that was stop a shot to a height of the glove side, and uh, like five in one game. I like, I really, I can't remember. I'm sure it's happened before, but I can't remember an NHL goalie getting beaten that many times, especially the glove side. Mm. You know, I, it's funny because I, I don't remember who the Canadians goalie was, but this is like when I was back in, I want to say, elementary school. I remember like the early days of memes. Like mm-hmm. people would be photoshopping. I maybe it was like David Abisher. That's how long ago we're gonna go back. Is like it would be a, a still picture of a goalie. It would be probably Abisher or maybe it was Cristobal Huey at some point. And you know, just like they, someone would put a beach ball behind. I remember him. that. I think it was I, Cristobal Huey. I think. Yeah, exactly. I remember that the beach ball behind him. And you know, last night near the end of the game, Primo made a sort of routine save, and there I heard a couple of mock cheers not a lot and i was like oh man i hope for this kid that doesn't start on him because his confidence was obviously 
really shattered last night. And to get that also, the fans did. It was just a couple, a couple of people you hear him up yeah. in the upper deck. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't loud enough for him to even probably hear. But um, I like at this point, if if you know if they decide they're still going to keep with the three goalies, like when do you start him again? I don't think you can start him at home again. Because if you start him at home and he lets in three goals in the first period, the mock cheers are going to start. And that's just that's going to crush him. So, again, to me, if I'm Kent Hughes, I'm sending him back to Laval. And if he clears waivers, great. And if he doesn't clear waivers, well, then you just you got to move on. with You'll move on with Montembeau and Jake Allen for now. And uh, hope, you know, Fowler develops and, and hope you can find somebody else to be a go- an emergency goalie if one of those two guys gets hurt. Well, that's it, because I think uh, I haven't been keeping up too much with Laval, but I think one of their goalies is Kevin Poulin, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken. Like at a, at a certain point, it's it's almost like, OK, you don't want to even if it was through the lens of, OK, we don't want to be caught if one of Montembeau or Allen goes down. If it is through the lens of that, it's like how much worse can it get? Really? Mm-hmm. Like with all due respect to Caden Primo, really, how 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 much worse can it get? Because it's just it, the play. I'm pretty sure he even said it last night. It was unacceptable. That that's not play of an NHL goalie. So uh, if you're not getting play of an NHL goalie, why why uh, why worry about losing him? Because okay, great, he had, he had a couple good games this season, you know. But uh, I'll take the bigger sample size over the flashes in a pan. Yeah, um, just look at Laval here. Jacob Dobes, four point two three goals against average and an eight seventy one save percentage. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's not much better. No. But yeah, so let's uh, let let's you know move over to the game last night. There were a couple of really big bright spots. Uh, one really bad bright. Uh, one really bad spot that happened last night. Uh, let's start with the bright spot. Uh, Josh Anderson. You know, I've been on his case. A lot of people have been on his case. Um, you know, you a lot of people are, you know, it's kind of like you got two, like, people who will, you know, stand by him no matter what and people that just had enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I probably lean towards the had enough. And last night was a reminder as to why the Canadians didn't trade him last night. Uh, last year, I should say. Yeah, I mean, he was basically hitting everything in a Panthers sweater that moved most of the night. Uh, again, he failed to score. He had that big fight at the end of the game. And after the game, when Marty St. Louis was asked about him, he said, you know, it's a Josh is back. And he said, you know, he fought angry. He's back. Uh, he hasn't scored, but that's the Josh Anderson that the Canes want to see. And we saw it earlier in the season. As I said, coming on with you in previous weeks, I, he played well early in the season, just couldn't score. He was getting all kinds of chances, couldn't finish. And he had a little dip there, five, six games where you could tell mentally it was getting to him. And he just, he wasn't, the Josh Anderson, he wasn't a physical presence. You didn't notice him on the ice very much, but last night you did. You know, last mm-hmm. night he was he was going up and down. He was finishing his checks. Uh, he should have had a penalty shot. I can't believe that wasn't a penalty. Oh my shot. god! Yeah, I was shocked that. that I'd say maybe it's a good thing for him. It wasn't because imagine if he went in and missed on a penalty shot, that might just crush them. Maybe the referee mm-hmm. thought that. Who knows? Like, NHL referee, I've given up trying to figure out. I mean, how that wasn't <laughs> a penalty shot, I don't know. But um, yeah, that's that's the physical presence you want to see from Josh Anderson and as Marty St. Louis said he's back uh well we'll see if that can carry over uh into the next game and he can score a goal because uh Jared with the Penguins goal he scored a goal last night he's got one more goal than Josh Anderson <laughs> yeah I mean the thing with Anderson is that we've seen those performances obviously the ones that mm-hmm. stick out are the one like him in the playoffs because that yeah. that was playoff Josh Anderson mm-hmm. last night but I mean it's very, I don't want to say rare, but to see him string together a bunch of performances like last night, because last night was, you know, like this is what what lives in the nightmares of Tampa Bay Lightning uh, two, circa 2019 or 2020, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs circa 2021. This is the Josh Anderson that Kent Hughes didn't want to trade. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like uh, he doesn't string together many consistent performances like this in a row. So now it's on him. Like yeah. Martin St. Louis lit that fire under his. Uh, yeah, and Marty did. I think there was when he said that 
it was, it was a bit of a confidence boost, I think, for Anderson, and also maybe a bit of a kick in the butt. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, you're back. Let's go, and, and we'll see if that can carry over. And, you know, the, as I mentioned before, if he had missed on the penalty shot, but if he had scored on the penalty shot, what a boost yeah. that would have given him. The thing is, you know, as in the media and fans also, at times you forget that these guys are humans also. You know, they make a lot of money, and we criticize them, and that's our job to do that. But there's also mental health too. And like mentally, it's got to be like same with Caden Primo. That mentally, it's just got to be. It's, like, yeah. sure they're not sleeping at night. You're not eating well. You're just it's just it's, it's in your mind constantly. Uh, and for him, if he had got that penalty shot call last and he had scored, I think it would have been a like wow. You know, maybe that would have really fired him up coming up. But again, I, I you know if he gets that one goal, you got to think they're going to come in bunches. But that one goal now, we're more than a quarter <laughs> way into the season, twenty three games. Without a goal, you know, Jonathan Kovacevic has four goals in the last seven games, mm. and it's it's you know, Armia has two goals this season, and Josh yeah. Anderson still at zero, you know, and Jake Evans also. Jake Evans scored the first game. I think it was the first goal of the season for the Canes. He hasn't scored since. There's a lot of guys on this team, a lot of forwards that aren't scoring. It's uh, Tanner Pearson. I think it's 18 games now, and Sean Monahan has like a dozen games. Gallagher, it's about nine games. They just got too many forwards who just aren't putting the puck in the net. Yeah, and it's uh, that that is uh, bearing weight want, on the standings because the Canadians keep dropping and they oh keep yeah, dropping games. that's been a problem with this team for a long, long, long time. And I wrote a column, you know, this week talking about you know drafting a the number five pick when they took Rhinebacker with a number five pick. Nothing against Rhinebacker as a defenseman, but you had a team with a bunch that can't doesn't have any forwards who can score. Mm. Drafting a defensive number five overall, I don't know when you've got a ton of young defensemen. But, you know, on the bright side of that, I mean, Jaden Struble getting called up. He's played well since he got called up, uh, physical and moving the puck and whatnot. But uh, there's a lot that Canadians still need to work on moving forward. They're like 25th in the NHL, I believe, in offense, 27th in defense. The power play is 0 for 23 now, the last uh, uh, eight games. There's, uh, there's a lot of ugliness going on right now. Well, and you know, like the 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 tougher part, just to go back to Reinbacker, and again, it's it's nothing against him. Oh. Oh. Uh, like we said, it's 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 really the context in which in which he was drafted. Uh, there's only three other. Well, there are four other players uh, from that. There are four players total from that draft that have played NHL games this season. Uh, three of them uh, went ahead of Reinbacker, so you can't knock anyone on that one. However. You know, it's kind of tough to see the Canadians' offensive struggles and to know how much of a quote-unquote loaded draft at forward it was. They go and take the defenseman, and then a Buffalo Sabres uh, young guy in Zach Benson scores his first NHL goal, I think it was last week or maybe early in the week this week, you know, through the legs. Yeah. uh, Between the legs shot for his first ever NHL goal, and your team – is struggling to put the puck in the net on a consistent basis. It's a tough look. It is. And I mean, the guy, you know, there was all those red flags about Mitchkov. I understand why the Canes were hesitant to take him, but I mean, I've said it before, the guy I liked, Brian Leonard, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's got nine goals in 14 games at Boston college as an 18 year old freshman uh, came out of that U.S. development program. Um, I think he scored two less goals, either two less goals or two more goals than Austin Matthews had in that program. He's a guy who can score. And, you know, at the draft combine, uh, when Kent Hughes was asked about him, he said he reminded him of the Kachuk brothers, the way he plays. I'm thinking, well, that, that's a guy, it sounds like you fit pretty good on your team. Um, but that's a guy, that's a guy for me, you know, if, if I was in Kent Hughes' shoes or, or uh, you know, drafting scouts shoes, that's a guy I think I would have been looking at. Um, if you look at the list of the, the you know, the Jack Hughes and, uh, Marner, uh, is that Marner, uh, Matthews, and the guys that have come out of that mm-hmm. development program who have been able to score goals there have scored goals at the NHL level. Uh, I mean, that U.S. development team program is amazing, and the goal scorers that come out of there can usually carry it over to the NHL, and the Canadians just, they need guys who can score. I mean, Cole Caulfield's not scoring the way people expected him to score this season, and that's one of the reasons the power play is as bad mm-hmm. as it's been, and, you know, Suzuki's not scoring a lot. Um, you know, they're leading goal, and now you got, uh, you know, Alex Newhook uh, tied for the team. We were, we were good. That was now, my next. Uh, now he's uh, he's next. probably gone with uh, that injury. Didn't look good. So it's um, again. I mean, at the you know the draft the best player available. I agree, but when you really need offense, 
and goal scoring, maybe draft the best goal scorer available when you have that number five pick. But the way things are going, the Habs are going to have a number three, four, or five pick again next year. Well, that's it. You know, I forget uh, the name of the, the top prospect uh, sweepstakes because we haven't heard a catchy yeah. uh, fail yeah. for, you know, fail for nail like uh, the days of Nail Yakubov. You know, we haven't heard that in a while, but uh, I'm sure the Canadians are looking at that and planning and already starting to scout for next year's mm -hmm. draft because, uh, I mean, and hey, you know, you mentioned Ryan Leonard. It's funny because he's a teammate of, He's a teammate of Jacob Fowler at Boston College. He's got yep. uh, he's got nine goals, seven assists on the season. That's not even the top leading scorer. So the Canadians will be able to watch him a lot when they're watching Fowler this season. The Canadian scouts. Exactly. So that, that's one that might hurt. Uh, what did we do? Here? Yeah, an, that's an eighteen-year-old, an eighteen-year-old playing in NCAA. That's, you're playing against men. That's uh, you know, that that's a tough league for an eighteen-year-old kid to play in. And here we go. We have our first. Uh, we have our first um, pun for the uh, fail for first overall pick. This one comes uh, courtesy of producer Shane. Stinky for Celebrini. Macklin Celebrini is his name. Uh, so Stinky for Celebrini. Um, I mean, hey, listen, if this is what's going to carry Canadians fans through another season, uh, sure, because really this is, again – we say it almost every week. This is what a rebuild is. And, you know, I, I've been saying this to talking to some people when uh, when talking about the Canadians. You know, a lot – like this was last week when, you know, a lot of people were talking about they should beat the San Jose Sharks. They should. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there I, I forget what team is at the top of the standings of the NHL off the top of my head. You know, it was Boston at one point. I don't know if it's still Boston. But – it, whoever it is, the Canadians are closer to the San Jose Sharks than they are to the Boston Bruins. When you want to talk about regular season success, at least, if you want to talk about playoff success, okay, they're way closer to the San Jose Sharks than they are to the Vegas Golden Knights, your most recent Stanley Cup winner. No, well, that, that, Vegas and, that's, first with 34 points and the Rangers in Boston have 33. Well, there you go. You go down, and the Canadians are 24th with 22 points, and the Sharks have 12. So they're 10, well, point, 10 points behind the Sharks and 12 points – sorry, 10 points ahead of the Sharks and 12 points behind the Golden Knights. So, I, I you know, that's from a – I'm just talking, you know, that's from a literal standing yeah, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about an organizational perspective. Yeah. You know, that's just where they are at the stage of this rebuild. So – you know, people need to pump the brakes a little bit on, you know, giving guys like Caden, Caden Primo, the Bronx, uh, the Bronx cheer and whatnot. Cause I know you pay good money to go to these games, but at the same time, like you gotta be aware of what type of team you're going to see. And where like, okay, moving forward, where are the goals going to come from? Mm -hmm. I mean, Joshua was scoring in Laval. You hope he can do that in the NHL level. I mean, you expect more from Caulfield Gallagher, the effort levels there this year, he's healthy, but as I said it's like nine or ten games he hasn't scored now. Mm -hmm. uh, Anderson, you hope obviously get some goals from, but they're just, you know, it's they just like they don't have like who apart from from I mean before the season people were talking Cole Cobb about fifty goals, forty goals. Now it looks like he's not going to get thirty goals unless he goes on a really hot tear. Uh, but apart from him, like who's who's going to score goals for this team moving forward? Um, it's Jonathan Kovacevic. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Kovacevic, four goals in seven games. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's funny. I, I was speaking with him after the game last night. He's a great guy to talk to. Super, mm. really smart guy, really good guy. And I said, so how's it feel to be a goal scorer now? He, he, said, he sort of chuckled. And he said, uh, he has four this year. He only had three last year. But all three of his goals, I didn't realize this, all three of his goals last year were on the road. So huh. coming into this season, he really wanted to score a goal at the Bell Center. And he got one against Vegas, and that was the first goal of the four on yeah. the seven-game stretch. And he said that was a real weight off his shoulders because he said, I really wanted to score at the Bell Center. I hadn't scored a goal. And he said, you know, when, once they start going in, he says you just have more confidence when you get the puck in a high-danger area. And he said any player will say that, and that's true. Like, so if, you know, if Josh Anderson can get one or two, he's going to have more confidence when he gets uh, these scoring chances he gets. But it's just I just don't know where moving forward the Canadians are going to get goals from which again goes back to what we're saying nothing against david reinbacker but when you've got a top five pick on a team that struggles to score i would think you would be looking at 
the best goal scorer available at that spot as opposed to the best overall player. Mm. Yeah, uh, and we'll see. Maybe to tie this back uh, to, you know, Alex Newhook's injury is, you know, who knows how long he's going to – apparently, like, he was on the bench after, so that's – No, not after the last – well, he got hurt three times last week. He went – you had that awkward fall in the first Yeah. Period. Yeah, and, and it just knee twisted in a way it's not supposed to. Knees twist. are not supposed to twist. And yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's not good." But then he came back, and I can't remember. Somebody tweeted something when he's back, and I, I responded and said, "Well, let's see if we can finish the game." Because sometimes when you tweak something like that, yeah. you're about your neck, and you don't notice it right away, and then you sort of got adrenaline going, and then afterwards you start to feel it. And then he went down again awkwardly behind the net. I think in the second period. And he got up. And then the third one, it was sort of similar to Anderson last year when he went into the goalpost with his uh, the high ankle sprain. So it looked right. like either a high ankle sprain or a knee or one of the media guys saying last day it could be a small broken. But, I mean, it didn't look good. He had to get carried by two guys and helped off the ice. The Canadian said after the game he would be reevaluated today, mm-hmm. which usually means it's swollen up pretty bad and they can't really tell what the damage is. Uh, today's a day off, as I said, for the Canadians. I don't think we'll hear anything until tomorrow at the earliest. But it certainly didn't look good. And it's, I mean, this team is just, they're jinxed. I mean, yeah. I spoke to you know, Graham Reinbang got fired as the head athletic therapist, sort of was made the scapegoat. But what do you do? How do you prevent that injury? That's not a, you know, that's, they're just, they're, they're, I'm convinced they're just jinxed. I don't know what it is. Like guys getting hurt, you know, David Sarr gets a slap shot off the hand. That's, there's nothing you can do to prevent Yeah, exactly. That. You know, there's all these injuries. Kirby Dak gets hit into the boards hard and twists his knee funny. How do you, it's not, you know, the, the, in the past, it was sort of all oh, these guys maybe come back too early and get hurt again. But these are just it's like one freak injury after another. And they just keep piling up and piling up for the yeah, it, year. And, it, and it's tough to see. But you know what? To tie this back to that injury, you know, this is going to place. Maybe this is why Martin St. Louis lit, tried to light that fire yeah. under Anderson, because goals are going to need to come now. Oh, yeah. like, oh, there's yeah, no yeah. more. There's no more like it was already bad. Now yeah. it's like there's no choice. You need to start potting some goals. Oh, I'm like, talking about a mental thing too. I mean, imagine Alex Newhook, new team, you got seven goals. You're on a roll. You're finding your 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 legs after a little rough stretch there when they had him at center, and things are going. You're tied for the team lead in goals. He's been flying all over the place, and then this happens. You know, you hope it's nothing too serious, but it sure didn't look good the way he went off the ice last night. It looked like something's going to keep him out for a while and hopefully it's not another Kirby Doc situation where it's MCL or ACL ligaments or something like that. But uh, as I said, I'm not a doctor, but it, it looked like it was either his knee or maybe another high ankle sprain and high ankle sprains take a long time to heal also. Yeah. The, the, those uh, just from, I, I don't know if it's the same as in, you know, because you don't use the same, the body parts the same way as you do in hockey and football, mm-hmm. but just for frame of reference for our, for our viewers and listeners out there, a high ankle sprain, generally NFL players, eight to six weeks. Yeah, it's, it's worse than a break. I've, not, I've had one before just playing old yeah. hockey, and I remember going to the hospital, and the doctor actually said to me, he says, well, the bad news is it's not broken. And I was like, what do you mean? He says, you got a high ankle sprain. He said, they, they take forever to heal, and then mm. you heal, then you step awkwardly on a sidewalk or something, and it twists over again. It's They're really – painful and you know a broken ankle you put it in a cast you wait four weeks or whatever you take it out it's healed but yeah. ankle sprains can can be a recurring injury also yeah uh, it's about four it's about six to eight weeks like you said they could come back uh, yeah. especially especially you know if you rush a player back which is you know yeah. something you aggravate a walking down the street and stepping awkward stepping on a rock or something or missing That's a stair it. going up the stairs it's 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 yeah they're not fun yeah, so, uh, I mean, listen, hopefully... It's- but again, we don't know if that's what it is. We're speculating. Right. We'll find out, uh, uh, well, maybe tomorrow, but uh, probably a little bit later before they give us a full determination of what the injury is. Yeah, so ho- it's just nothing but the best for Alex Newhook and just something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. maybe the Canadians need to bring in, you know, some shaman, to, you know, do some sort of a ritual in the in the locker room with all the players present. I don't know what it is. Dirty Josh Anderson stick and throw holy water or something on it to put it. I have no idea. It's like take a a trip to to Thailand and, Uh, uh, you know, set one of those lamps in the sky. Like, I don't know what it is, but man, this team, it's been that, that's been the consistency (laughs) of this team for three years now, which is excruciating. Bad luck. I mean, you look last year. 
Uh, Monahan broke his foot. It was a shot. Gallagher broke his foot. It was a shot. It's not, you know, it's just, they're just injuries happen in hockey, but man, they happen to the Canadians a lot more than they happen to everybody else. It seems. Mm. And, and you know what I do? There are some conspiracy theorists out there that will say it's because they're all small. Like I, like I said, like what is, you know, the first thing that happened. Barbara Jack guy's Alex. not small. And uh, well, there you go. Well, good, I mean, he skated yesterday morning at the, at the Bell Center. He was, so that's, that's a good sign for him. Uh, there also hasn't been an update since the Canadians got back about his situation, which is probably good too. Um, the fact that he was out on skates yesterday morning. Um, I mean, he'd need to practice with the team for a while, obviously, before he'd be ready to play again. Uh, but anyway, he's not small. Josh, you know, Josh Annis is not small. He got hurt last year. Look at all the injuries Shea Weber had. He's not small. Mm-hmm. Carry prices. It's Kirby Doc's not small. Kirby Doc's not small. You no, know, it's uh, and you know, speaking of injuries with, with Caulfield, you wonder. People haven't really spoken about it much, but you wonder how much did that, how much is him not scoring have to do with the shoulder surgery he had last mm-hmm. offseason? Like, is his shoulder not? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply feeling like it used to be or or could could it be that he's still getting lots of shots uh, he's averaging actually more shots per game this season than he did last season there's they're not going in and last season his shooting percentage was about 16 if i remember right this year it's around eight mm-hmm. basically half of what it was uh you know josh anderson's shooting percentage is zero which is incredible <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. quite a few shots um but the injury thing like like i don't know like it's it's it really it's just it's incredibly bad luck and you hope for a rebuilding team, you hope that maybe once they get further on in this rebuild and they're near the completion of it, maybe that'll end. Maybe guys will actually be able to stay healthy once the team is better than it is now. But, uh, you know, if they lose Newark, that's just another huge blow, uh, huge blow to this team. Well, that's it. And, it's and you know, I remember last year when they lost Caulfield, they were already, uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, they were already pretty beaten up mm-hmm. injury-wise when he went down. Yeah. And... It was like, who's going to score? Like, literally, who's going to score? And then, you know, Raphael Harvey-Pinard came in with, mm-hmm. his, uh, I think it was like a 25 shooting percentage at one point. And he has zero goals uh, this year before he got hurt. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, you know, maybe Joshua Rawa could be could yeah. step in and just just prove, he did, like, listen, he's not going to pick up the slack and be able to do what Alex Newhook was doing um, because, you know, if, I mean, if he is great, that's, that's, but nobody's expecting that, but, you know, just from all the talk that we've heard about him, especially from, you know, through all the ranks, he was the leading scorer in the QMJHL for a couple of years. And then Connor Bedard said he loved playing with him. Uh, It's just high praise everywhere. Just prove that you could do this stuff. At, at the NHL level, prove that you could be an NHL player because, hey, you might find yourself, uh, you know, when people start to get healthy, you might find yourself with a permanent spot on this team. So, you know, we're all looking at him to be the guy right now. Uh, it's just logic would dictate that it would be him as the call-up, but uh, it remains to be seen. And and Josh Roy is, is, is older than Slavkovsky. Um, mm. They've been, they've been, you know, they seem to be really – hesitant to rush Joshua Roy along, which is okay. That's understandable. I mean, they've rushed Slavkovsky along, but with Roy at, at this point, especially if new hooks out, I don't see the harm bringing him up. Even if you only let him play five games. And if he looks like he's not ready to play, you send them back, but give him a taste, give him a little taste of what it's like to play at the bell center. Give him a little mm-hmm. taste of what it's like to play in the NHL. Let's talk with Struble uh, after the game last night about his first road trip. And he was talking about, you know, first time in a private jet and, you know, eating steak on the plane and five-star <laughs> hotels and all that kind of stuff. And if Struble gets sent back to the AHL once 
Jack Ion Harris and the other defensemen come back, uh, he'll have had a taste of it. He'll know what it's like, and I think makes you even hungrier to want to get back there. You know, when you're back riding the bus in Laval, you're remembering what that private jet was like, and you want to get back there. So for a guy like Wah, give him a little taste of it, and if it looks like he's not that ready, you send him back. But it'll make him. I think it'll make him even hungrier to get back uh, to get back there. You know, well, and, and we'll see. I mean, because it kind of feels like this team needs it needs a little juice because they, you know, like the score. Is it, they, they well they need juice also because yeah. they're just they're they're becoming uh, you know like a bunch of a uh, bunch of guys that are a little long in the tooth that are on the team you know like the power uh, play can't wait, score the forwards can't it's they need scoring and Joshua Watkins score so I don't see the harm especially mm-hmm. if Newark's going to be out it's one of the few guys who's been scoring and, and it's not but that's the thing it's not even that he's also been scoring but even when he wasn't scoring like. You could see what's him working, and like oh, he provides yeah. juice out there. Like he flies out there. You need someone who could do that right now because it, it's it's all it already did look bland on the ice, and yeah. it's it's going to become even uh, become even more bland with Newhook on the shelf. Well, right from day one of training camp in the scrimmages, Newhook stood out to me. What really impressed me was one is speed. And I was going to say two, but one A, his work ethic. He works his mm. butt off. Like he's got a Brendan Gallagher work ethic when he's out there. He works really hard. He's not afraid to go into tough areas. He battles. He loses some battles because he's not that big, but he's not afraid to go in there. And uh, yeah, it, it's there's a lot to like about Alex Newhook. And I hope for his sake that this injury isn't something that's going to keep him out long term. Yeah, because it's just been going well. And it feels very much a lot like the Kirby doc injury last year mm-hmm. um, because he went down at a time where he started to come on and figure something out and have some juice. And uh, then he goes down and has to work his way back. So, I mean, Hey, listen, we don't, again, we don't know what's going on with Alex Duhook. It looks like it's serious. It probably is serious, but we don't know for sure. All that we know is that we're hoping for the best for him. Um, we mentioned his name a little bit before. Let, let, we see now that we've seen him a little bit more. I feel like we could talk a little bit more about him. Is Jaden Struble? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's uh, like you, like you said, he's uh, very fond of the uh, stakes on private jets. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think everybody. I've never had one, but I imagine everybody would be fond of that. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine <laughs> I would I would like that too. Yeah. Um, but he's very fond of that, so obviously he wants to stay up here as long as possible and uh, prove that he that he belongs up here and. You know, slowly but surely, that ice time was uh, creep has been creeping up, and uh, he he's looking like he belongs. He does, and he's you know what he plays with confidence, physically and with the puck. I was talking with Kovacevic also, who's been his partner, and he said he really likes how physical he is. But he said like some guys who are physical like that when you come into the NHL, you use so much energy being physical, winning board battles, that that when you do get the puck, you just sort of like you throw it away because you're sort you. Mm tired or you're so focused on being physical but he's able to do both he's able to be physical battle against the boards and then be calm and patient when he gets the puck and and make good breakout passes uh he's really impressed me he's a better skater like he's a pretty good skater um i believe that was a knock on him when he was a little bit earlier in his career uh great athlete uh you know he went to the little league world series uh played a bunch of sports as a kid um rock solid you know built like a, a football player um, but he's, he's really impressed me. It's funny because I was after the game last night, I was, at, you know, I was asked if his parents uh, were there to watch the game. They did go out to Anaheim to watch his first game. Mm-hmm. And I said they weren't at the Bell Center last night because he wasn't sure if he was going to play or not. So he didn't want them to make the trip from Rhode Island. And I said, well, when did you find, when do you find out when you're playing? He said, well, usually if they don't pull you aside the night before, the day before to tell you you're not playing, you're playing. But there was a game the night before in Columbus, right? Right. I flew back home. So he said, I didn't want to take anything for granted and assume – uh, as he said, sort of get ahead of myself thinking that I'm definitely playing. So he basically told us, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be playing or not. So, But I imagine they'll be making the trip uh, probably Saturday. If he knows he's yeah. in the lineup, I imagine he'll find out uh, uh, tomorrow morning if he doesn't already know or, or one of the, I think, seven of the next or six of the next seven games are at the Bell Center. But uh, nice kid, happy to see him. And, you know, the NHL so much of it is getting an opportunity and making the most of that opportunity when it comes. So all these injuries, the injuries to Savard and – Harris and Jack, I opened up a spot. He came in and he has not looked out of place at all. Uh, in fact, um, you know, when Harris comes back, like there's going to be a battle for jobs. 
know, he brings a physical, like I like Jordan Harris, where he moves a puck, but Struble brings a physical element that more so than Harris. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, who's in and who's out once Jack Eye comes back and Harris comes back and David Savard comes back. I imagine they probably want to send them Struble back to Laval to give him some more experience there, a full season in the AHL, which I don't think will hurt him. But again, just getting that first taste of the NHL and, mm-hmm. and what it's like to be an NHLer and uh, all the perks along with the salary. He's got a two-way contract, makes 70000 in the AHL and eight hundred grand uh, in the NHL. So when he gets his first that first paycheck, he's going to go, wow. wow. yeah he's gonna say that's not too bad um but also i i you know it's i think they they also want him in the ahl more so you know obviously because they have a vested interest in Mm -hmm. guys that are on the shelf but you know more so because you know while i did say you know the past two games his ice time has been a little up yeah, uh, he's still only playing, you know, average of twelve minutes a yeah. game, twelve yeah. and a half. You send him back to the valley; he's going to be playing top, going to be playing 20, 20 minutes, probably. Exactly. He he, he you just need that. Wrong. You not, need that. And they don't, they don't. Again, going back to Josh Rudd, they're not in a, they're not in a rush here for defensemen, right? They got a lot of defensemen. They yeah. don't need a rush them, but when you got nobody who can, you hardly anybody who can score. That's why, like, I'd, why I'd maybe rush him a little bit more just because you need just to see if he can score at the NHL level because they got to get they got to put more pucks in the net. Well, it's just and again just insert some energy into the lineup because you know like mm-hmm. how many to- how many injuries can come in and how many slumps are there that it's just it could turn it could turn to a negative environment pretty pretty quickly. I, I mean, this is a uh, Martin Saint-Louis has a tough job on his hands and I think he started to temper expectations a little bit yeah. more um taking moral victories and stuff like that because th- this environment can turn toxic very very quickly you know players aren't scoring they're losing they're losing by big margins and nothing's going right P- players are falling down with injury there's a lot to handle if you're martin saint louis right now and that's why i think he might have been frustrated when i asked him last night about if this three goalie situation is just going to continue with the rotation because if Sam Montebo's in goal last night, the Canadians had a chance to win that game. Yeah. Or at least three of those goals were questionable goals um, and deflate the team. So, you know, maybe with uh, Marty St. Louis hates to lose. Like, he's never liked to lose. Like, he, he understands this is a rebuilding, he understands it's a process, he understands development. And he's, he's, he's all, he gets it. He's in, they're all on the same page, the manager. Yeah. The but he wants to win. Like, he doesn't want to lose uh, the way this team, or, or, you know, get shut out one game, get one goal, another game. Like it's got to be eating at him, and I think that might have been part of it last time. But maybe it's just like, man, you know, I've got these three goalies. I have to play the three. They're telling me I have to play. Mm-hmm. I want to win games. I want my players to. You don't want to get that losing environment, that losing attitude where you start, you know, just mentally it gets tough on them. I mean, we saw that at the end of the Dominic Ducharme uh, reign. We've seen that in Edmonton earlier this season. Uh, especially with the goaltending in Edmonton, like the guys are like, oh my god, again! Like every every time they take a shot, it goes in the net. Um, so that's that's something the Canes got to be careful about because it's all been, you know, everything's been roses and everything. It's rebuilds going great and everything's fine and everything's great and everything's good, but it can get not good quick. Like if they're going on an extended losing streak and they can't score. Uh, you know, last season when they were losing, they were so entertaining. They were scoring goals. They've scored goals. For the early part of this season, I said now I think they're 27th in uh, in offense, 25th in offense yeah. around there. Um, it's not entertaining. You know, last night's game, you, you pay a lot of money to go to the Bell Center and watch them score one goal and watch a goalie let in three or four bad goals. It's not good entertainment value for your dollar, right? You want to no. – so, um, for Marty St. Louis, I think he's, he's realized – that's why I think he said, you know, Josh is back trying to light a fire under him. Uh, Marty St. Louis has been around a long time. He knows how NHL locker rooms are. He knows how players react. He knows how players feel. He knows how things can go from good to bad pretty quick. And um, they're on this home stretcher. They've got a losing record at home this season. They need to start getting, winning some games at the Bell Center. And um, for Marty St. Louis, the, you know, each year as this rebuild goes forward, not even each year, like each 10, 15, 20-game segment, the pressure is going to build, you know, fans are oh, yeah. to a, to a point fans are patient when they see progress, but when they 
don't see it, and the team's record now is worse than it was at this point last year, people mm-hmm. started are going to start getting frustrated, like asking questions like, who's going to score? Who's our goalie moving forward? Who's like, what What are we going to look like in two years from now? Why, why should we be optimistic that this rebuild is on the right track when so many things right now just aren't working? Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing is, is just, you know, the last, and this is looking forward um, because it's easy to say like, oh, the Canadians will be good in three years. Well, a lot of teams have thought that no. when going to Ottawa Senators, there. Buffalo Sabres, Edmonton well, Oilers, you know, like and a hard even, league. When Marty St. Louis says it all the time. It's a hard league. It's a hard league. It's hard to win in the NHL. You need a lot it. of things going well to win in this league. Well, that's it. And, you know, like you said it, look at the Sabres. The Sabres are a perfect example because they just missed out on the playoffs last year. And, you know, they kind of uh, they kind of crapped themselves there near yeah. the end of the season and did it to themselves. But everyone was expecting it's like a lock this year. Yeah, they're I, I'm pretty sure they're below the Canadians in the, the division standings. They're tied. Or they're, they're tied. Or there you go. Identical there records, you go. 10, 11 and two. They're tied. Exactly. For- it's it's sorry. It's Ottawa that's below everyone. You know, yeah. granted they played uh, six less games than 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 everyone, but yeah, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo and the Canes have identical records. It's it's you know, and this was supposed to be Buffalo was supposed to be this is supposed to be their year, and and you know, yeah. their, their goalie Levi, the kid from Montreal, he got sent down. Um, it's a hard league. It's a hard league. So these things can you know, like people might think you know we're panicky or trying to get clicks or whatnot on the on the podcast, but. It's a very real thing that, you know, it, rebuilds are not automatic. It's no. not you do, no. you're bad for X amount of years. You are set for the next 15. That's not how it works. Well, the New, um, New Jersey Devils are out of a playoff spot right now. There you go. And they were they were the top of the NA, the top of yep. the East last year. Yeah. Uh, other than Boston, of course, but yep. yeah. So it, it's a it's a tough league and this has got to be eating at Martin St. Louis because he knows he knows that the team is better that they're sh- than they're showing, but it, it's it's happening more and more that it's really it could start to be a cause for concern with the level of of competitiveness that's being shown by certain by certain guys, and and it's not even pointing the finger at anyone. It's like the team as a whole on any given night. You know, any given night last year, you would say. They're gonna, we're gonna, they're probably gonna lose, but you know what? We're gonna watch a good game. This is gonna be a good game. Yeah, and while we're, not, we're getting that less and less this year. While there was no update on Newhook after the game last night, Marty St. Louis would have been known. Like they would have told him, "This isn't good." Like if it's not, yeah. good, he, he would know. Like he was, what is it they would tell him? This isn't good. Like uh, again, I'm speculating here, but if that was what he heard, that might be another reason for what he said about Josh Anderson. Like. Josh, I need you, man. You got to get going for me here. Like we need, we need you. If Newhook's gone, we need you to really step up and start playing the way you did last night and start putting the puck in the net. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see. It starts uh, tomorrow against Detroit. And just as a note, what, what a, it's just horrible, horrible thing that happened to Dylan Larkin. Uh, he and his wife announcing that they lost, uh, they lost their newborn. No. Um, yeah, that is horrible to see that. Um, so he's going to take some time away from the oh, team. That's horrible. Um, shame, shame. You know, obviously it's horrible that this happened, but on a on a hockey level, it's a shame that this happened because you know he's been having a great season and Detroit's doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, things are finally looking up for the Detroit Red Wings, and uh, you know, tragedy just beyond hockey strikes uh, the Larkin family. It's just horrible. Well, as we were saying earlier, I mean, fans and media, we sometimes forget these guys are human, right? It's, mm. uh, they're, man, that's, that's, uh, that's, as a parent of two kids, that's just, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. So, uh, the Detroit Red Wings in town tomorrow, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, they, you know, they're going to come ready for a fight. They're going to fight for their captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're going to play for him. So, uh, the Canadians better be ready tomorrow night. Um, any guess as to who's uh, the goaltender? Is it going to be the new $3 million man? That's uh, – well, Jake Allen hasn't played for a while. Right? <laughs> if they, oh, keep, that's true, if yeah. they keep going with the rotation, <clears throat> what was interesting is Jake Allen didn't even dress as the backup last night. I thought he would have since Montembeau. But, but, hmm. and I would think – I mean, who knows? If, I don't think even Marty St. Louis – I think Marty St. Louis is waiting to be told who the goalie is going to be. I don't think yeah. he has the say on that at this point. 
Um, is it Montebo? They start him at home after he signed the contract. That would make sense. They, they're back home again for a rare Monday game, uh, I believe, next week. So maybe they could go Allen and Montembeau. But I think, you know, again, with the three goalie thing, you got to get Jake Allen into a game again. He hasn't yeah. played in like a week. You know, again, and again, just uh, he's probably the one that can handle the three goalie thing the most. Um, but still, you know, it, it's he's probably the guy who can handle it the most and be good about it. But he might also be the guy who bothers the most. Oh, yeah. You know, as a veteran yeah. guy, and he just he knows that this doesn't work like for anybody, for the three goalies, for the goalie coach, for the head coach. It's not good for anybody. It's not, there's no, you know, they, they keep trying to make positives out of it. Well, you get more rest between your games. And, you know, there was, a, they, uh, you know, the Canes could send Caden Primo. They flew him home early on Wednesday so he could get a good night's sleep before playing Thursday. Well, that didn't work out so well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's like they're, 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 they're coming and trying to come up with positives for it. But there's really no positive. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. you're, let's say you're not playing enough games, you're not getting enough work in practice. Uh, it, it, the goalie coach is trying to deal with three goalies. Marty St. Louis, like, uh, who do you want me to put in net tonight, boss? You know, it's it's yeah. not good. Anyways, that's another exciting thing that we will see tomorrow night um, as the Canadians take on the Detroit Red Wings from the Bell Center. Stu. Thank you very much for doing this, as always, uh, spending your Friday night with us, uh, the Sick Army. Have a good weekend. Have a great weekend. Take care of that neck. Yeah, uh, I'll try. All right. Um, later. All right. That was Stu Cowan. I'm Matt O'Han. We'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.